According to a recent study at the University of Texas in Austin, only 40% of students with disabilities who used accommodations in high school actually disclose their disability in college to arrange accommodations. And of those 40% that do, only 88% of that group actually use their accommodations. As a parent of a child with a disability, you understand the importance of accommodations in school. And my goal today is to help you and your child understand how to access those accommodations and how important those accommodations are at the college level. Before we begin, I want to clarify one point of definition, and that is with regards to accommodations and academic adjustments. Accommodations are technically referred to as academic adjustments. So you may find the term academic adjustment in the literature and what they are essentially referring to are accommodations. I use the term accommodations because that is a more familiar term to all of us, but do realize that they may be called academic adjustments. Now, academic adjustments or accommodations must be reasonable and they cannot fundamentally alter the essential nature of the course. Colleges are not required to lower or change or modify the essential course requirements. So it's important that you understand when we are talking about accommodations at the college level that the accommodation is there to provide equal access and to level the playing field, but it cannot fundamentally alter the essential nature of the course. When I supported students with disabilities, as a college disability services coordinator, I arranged accommodations for well over 500 different students, probably even more than that. And I've concluded there are some common factors that you should be prepared to address once you get to that first meeting. In my opinion, if your child approves, it's okay for you to go to that first meeting because I always found that it helped if everybody was on the same page with whatever information was shared and discussed at that meeting. But your child will probably end up having to sign a release to allow you to be there because your child is now 18 and the legal adult. So don't be surprised if that happens. But having said that, really and truly, the first meeting is the only one you should attend. After that, all of that responsibility should fall on the shoulders of your child. Now, when I met with the students for the first time, we generally discussed three different areas. The first thing we talked about was them. I wanted to know whatever I could learn about the students and their disability. The second thing we talked about was the accommodations that the students might get and request while they were at college. And the third thing we talked about was the documentation that they had, what I could do with it, what I could not do with it, and what additional documentation might be needed. So let's talk about the conversation about the student himself or herself. I would like to know the student's strengths, the student's challenges, the subjects that the student like, what the student's plans are for the future, what goals they have in mind. I want to know where they struggle. I want to know where things get difficult, how the accommodations 
helped that they had in high school, if they had accommodations in high school, and how those accommodations helped, and just generally get a feel for the student and what that student is bringing to the table and how willing that student is to speak up for themselves, because that's a really, really important quality. I had so many students who, when I asked that question directly to them, turned to their parent for the answer. And that's kind of a scary thing when you're in college, because at this point, your child really should be able to answer those questions for themselves. I suggest you take some time and have some conversations with your child at home. Find out their impression of college, how much they see college as a struggle, how much they see college as fun, maybe too much fun, how much they expect to need accommodations, what kind of accommodations they want to ask about. But have those conversations ahead of time with your child so that your child is ready to speak up. Talk about those kinds of questions, what their dreams are, what their goals are, and try and get a handle on if they even plan on requesting accommodations. And if they do get them, do they plan on using them? Go back to that study that said 60% of students with disabilities don't even ask for accommodations once they get to college. That's kind of a scary thing. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. But by the same token, if your child doesn't really want to approach accommodations in college, it's always still a good idea to encourage the conversation because trying to fix that after the fact really becomes difficult. And that's your opportunity to sit down and talk to the disability specialist and really get a sense of what the disability specialist can do for you or not do for your student. And also how much your child really plans on using those accommodations. I felt really bad. I had one meeting where the child spent the entire time looking at the phone and the poor parent was just lost, struggling trying to get the child to speak up for themselves. So really and truly have those conversations ahead of time and do what you can to encourage your child to be open with the disability specialist. You might also want to have a conversation with the disability specialist at that meeting about confidentiality because you are looking at an entirely different ballgame in college. And the Disability Services Office will take every possible effort to keep your information confidential. And that includes discussing your, dis your child's disability with the faculty member without permission. They do not know what that child's disability is. It's not like high school where the teachers know. In college, the teachers don't know unless the child tells them their disability. In college, the teachers only know that they got an accommodation form that they need to follow. Now, sometimes they figure it out, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes they figure it out incorrectly. So how much the child chooses to reveal about their disability is also an important discussion to have with your child. Because do know that the colleges are bound by the ADA and FERPA to protect confidentiality as much as possible. Now, the second major point of the conversation at that first meeting is going to be about those accommodations themselves. Remember that accommodations in college are based on equal access. Colleges accommodate for equal access, not for success. They want you to be successful, don't get me wrong, but they accommodate for equal access. 
The whole purpose of accommodations in college is to level out the playing field and allow the individual to show what they have learned and what they know without the impact of the disability getting in the way. So accommodations at college are coming from a totally different philosophical point of view and legal point of view. And so they are not going to be the same accommodations necessarily that the individual had in high school. And that's why these conversations are so important at that first meeting. I have broken a lot of hearts, to tell you the truth, because people assumed they were going to get the accommodations that they had in high school, the same accommodations that they had in high school. And unfortunately, if the need and the documentation do not support the accommodation, that probably isn't going to happen. So you need to have conversations with the disability specialist to understand equal access and accommodating for equal access and how the accommodate how the disability specialist can help your child with accommodations that having been said it will help the disability specialist at the college to know what kind of accommodations the child had in high school and not only what they had but how they used those accommodations and if there are accommodations that they thought were worthwhile And if there were accommodations they didn't need, possibly they only needed accommodations in certain subjects. The disability specialist should know what kind of accommodations your child had in high school, but also what kind of accommodations they are expecting at college. And if they are expecting those accommodations in every subject or only certain subjects, or if certain subjects need any kind of specialized accommodation, There are lots of questions to ask. How those accommodations are delivered, the logistics of the situation, when do they have to come back, how does the accommodation information get from the Disability Services Office to the professors. Every college has their own way of doing that business, so you need to have that conversation as well to find out exactly how your child is going to be expected to handle that. Remember in that study, Not only did 40% only request accommodations, that meant 60% of the students with disabilities did not request accommodations. And of that 40% that did, there was still 12% that did not get those accommodations to the professor. So you need to have that conversation and understand the logistics of the system that your college has decided to use. In addition, make sure that your child has a clear understanding of the protocols that your colleges use and that the faculty use for getting testing accommodations taken care of and what responsibilities your child has with regards to following up about testing with the professors. Some professors make special arrangements outside of the classroom hours. Some may have them come to their office. Some may have them take the test in an empty room. Sometimes they use a test center. You need to find out what your college's preferences are for testing. The third point I want to make is that you need to discuss documentation with the disability specialist. Now, you may have an IEP. You may have a psychological evaluation. You might have doctor's notes, doctor's letters. Whatever documentation you have available, your child wants to have that conversation with the disability specialist. That's a very good time to find out if you're going to need any additional documentation, if you're going to need any additional testing, if what you have will be acceptable and sufficient for the accommodations needs that you have. 
or are you going to need some sort of additional documentation? Some colleges want updated testing every few years. Sometimes a student needs updated psychological testing because the testing that was done was done when they were a child and the data is done on child norms and it's out of date based on the fact that they are now an adult at 18. And so if you have not had updated testing, have that conversation at that first meeting. Don't go out and get updated testing ahead of time in anticipation of a need until you find out for sure there is a need. And if that is an expense that is prohibitive, you may have that conversation also with the disability specialist because sometimes they have resources available for additional testing that they can offer you for relatively low cost. So again, that's a documentation question if you need additional documentation to have with the disability specialist. Do you have a 504 plan? Sometimes a 504 plan is not sufficient documentation because it doesn't really give any kind of real information about the disability. So if you have a 504 plan, you definitely want to have that conversation with the disability specialist to find out if that person needs anything else in addition to that. So there are a lot of ins and outs of documentation, and a lot of it rests on every college's policies and how much good information they have about your child and about your child's needs and what they need to support those needs and what they need to verify those needs. Now, your child may have to come back a second time to go over documentation more specifically, especially if the documentation you have is complex and will require the disability specialist to take some time to analyze it and figure out exactly what information it provides, because all documentation is not created equal, and some is very straightforward, some is the information is buried in the rhetoric, and sometimes there's test data on the documentation, sometimes there isn't. So it may take the disability specialists a little bit of extra time to go through and analyze that documentation so that that person can figure out how they can best accommodate your child. So those are conversations you need to have regarding documentation and possible changes or adjustments in documentation that may be needed for the future. If you found today's podcast beneficial, I would appreciate it if you could stop by my website, mickeyteaches.com, M-I-C-K-I-E, teaches.com and check out the ratings on the podcast page and let us know what you think. Uh, There's a place to subscribe to my podcast if you want. I really feel that the podcasts are valuable and I hope you do too. So if you get a chance, stop by that website. The other thing you'll find on that website is a free ebook with questions that you can ask at that meeting. Make sure that you know what questions to ask because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So take a look at my free ebook. It's Insights from a Disability Specialist nine critical college concerns, and it contains over 30 questions that you should be able to answer. And if you don't know the answers, at least you can ask them at that first meeting. I hope you found this podcast worthwhile today, and I look forward to talking to you again 
next time. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I am at mickeyteaches at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great day. Bye. The information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the college of your choice to have first-hand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.